Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. And what a beautiful day to be in church, whether you're here. Yes. Beautiful day to be in church in our South Campus, also in our Grovetown Campus, uh, in our Dream Center experience, and in our online campus. So glad that you are here at the Creek today, starting a brand new series today. But before we go there, you know, I like to start with something funny. Do you hear about the young pastor that was called by the funeral director and said, hey, we need you to go do uh, a graveside service out in the country at this small country cemetery? Well, he agreed to do it. Uh, the, uh, the person who had passed didn't have any family or friends left, and so he knew it was going to be a small funeral. So by the time he got there, he had lost, he took the wrong turn, and he was 30 minutes late for the service. He drove up, and there's no hearse there. There are no funeral directors there, just a couple of men over there sitting under the tree eating lunch. And so he went over to the newly dug grave. He stood there. He opened up his Bible. He read some scriptures. He prayed over it, looked at the vault, and then he uh, closed and turned around and went to walk toward his car. One of the workers said, you think we need to tell him that that's the septic tank? You know, that reminds me, honestly, of the first funeral that I did in Augusta, Georgia. Patty and I moved here. I was 23 years old and asked to do this funeral. Now, we got to uh, there for the processional, let's say, uh, right when it started, and I looked around immediately looking for a hearse. I didn't see a hearse. So I parked the car, I got out, and said, like, where's the hearse? I said, oh, Pastor, let me tell you, he said, uh, we didn't use the funeral home. I said, really? He said, yeah, some of the brothers got together with some pine and made a box. And we've got the box over in the the van over there. Really? And so we followed the van out into the country past Deering, and we turned and went down this country road, pulled into this farm. I expected to see a cemetery. There was no cemetery. There was a hole in the ground. So Patty and I walked over, they started singing songs and getting ready to put the, uh, the box down in the ground and they had ropes underneath the casket and the lower down. And somebody said, wait, wait. I thought, what? And then I heard a gasoline powered engine and they were pumping the water out of the hole they're about to put this casket. They did that several times before those men lowered that casket down there. I'm telling you, that was, I was 23 years old. I don't even know if that was legal. <laughs> I don't know if that was legal. I told that story several years ago, and there was a Stevens Creeker, John Ford, uh, and John said, Marty, I remember that. I was a kid, and I went to that service. So if you, re- you, if you arrest me, you got to arrest John, too. <laughs> it was crazy, 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 crazy. Today, we're starting a brand new series called You Make Me Crazy. You Make Me Crazy. Every day, you and I encounter all kinds of different people. 
We encounter uh, intriguing people. We encounter uh, delightful people, but difficult people, inspiring people, irritating people. And sometimes we encounter crazy kind of people. And there seems to be those kind of people that not only they want to act crazy, but they want to make your life crazy. And so that's why we're going to talk about that today. Uh, my daughter Sarah called me last night and she said, well, we've been talking with some of my friends and we want to know, where did you get the, the idea for this series? Uh, we know that the Lord, uh, besides the Lord, where, where did you get this idea and I laughed, and I said, well, I'll tell you where it came from. Patty and I are huge fans of HGTV, okay? And so this past summer, they uh, launched a, a show that's based out of South Carolina called Breaking Bland. And the designers, Mary Welch, and every week when that show would come up, in her intro, she said some words that made me laugh. She said, you know, in the South, we like to hide our crazy. And... <laughs> I knew what she was going to say, but every week I just laughed at her. You know, in the South, we like to hide our crazy. Because I know, we do, we like to hide our crazy. But there's a lot of people that don't hide their crazy. <laughs> Not at all. They're just uh, out front crazy. And so how do you deal with the crazies of life? I mean, every family has crazy makers, okay? Every family has crazy makers, you know, um, and if you don't know who it is in your family, <laughs> maybe you're it. Yeah, you're, you're the one. And so over the next few weeks, I just want to bring some sanity, some sanity to your relationships so that not only can you just coexist, but you can connect at a deeper level. So the big idea for today is simply this. Relationships take hard work. Relationships take hard work, but, but it's the most important work that you will ever do. Relationships take hard work, but it is truly the most important work that you will ever do. When your relationships are bad, your life is miserable, okay? But healthy relationships will lead you to a better life. And I want to help you have better relationships. I want... I believe that uh, healthy relationships will not only lead to a better life, but a, a happier life. And I believe that you can have a happy life and a healthy life, and hopefully this series will help lead you down that path. But like I said, relationships take hard work, but I'll add this. But they are easier when they're built on God's wisdom. They're much easier when you have God's wisdom along the way. So today, we're going to open up the New Testament section of the Bible, and we're going to look at the book of James. And in the, the book of James was written by a guy named James, and James happened to be the half-brother of Jesus. James is the half-brother of Jesus. We pick up the first verse in chapter 1, in verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given unto you. If you, if you I love it. If you lack wisdom, just simply ask God for it. And not only just ask God, God's going to give it to you and give it to you generously. Now, the hardest part for so many of us in that scenario is the asking. 
We, we don't ask God for things. In fact, James says, you know, you have not because you ask not. And we don't want to admit that we have a problem. We don't want to admit that we have a struggle. We don't want to admit that we've made a mess of this situation, this circumstance, this relationship. Relationships take hard work. But they can be easier when you build them on the foundation of God's wisdom. Now, Please understand there's a difference between having knowledge and having wisdom. Knowledge uh, is obtained, but your wisdom, it's developed over time. You know, it can be said that, that wisdom is the right use of knowledge, that you, over time, you develop and you learn how to use the, wisdom, the knowledge that you've been given. So today we want to just look at the book of James, chapter 3, and we're going to gain some relational wisdom along the way. So James chapter 3 and verse 17, what you'll see, there are six things in this verse. We're going to go deeper today. And we're going to go deep and we're going to focus on uh, verse 17. And we're just going to unpack that one verse. And what you'll see in that, there are six things that a wise person will do in a relationship. And I believe if we will incorporate these six things into our lives, it will help us remove the crazy. It will help us manage our lives and help us truly grow uh, in our relationships. So we look at verse 17. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Verse 18, <clears throat> peacemakers who sow peace in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So I said there are six things in these verses that I believe if we will do them, that we will have better relationships. First of all, it says the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. The word pure means um, uncorrupted. It means clean. It means clear. It means unpolluted. It means untainted. What is he talking about here? If we were to look at it, we would use the word integrity. Wise people build relationships on the foundation of integrity. Why do you think this is listed first? I think it's listed first because genuine relationships are built on truth. They're built on trust. No trust, no relationship. And so how do you get trust? All trust is built on truth. And if you don't have truth, you don't have trust. If a guy is lying to his wife over and over, he may have an arrangement, but he doesn't have a relationship. Because you see, genuine relationships Healthy relationships are built on truth. Honesty has to be the bedrock of all the relationships. You've got to be honest. You've got to shoot straight with people. Not only at home, but you've got to shoot straight with people that you come in contact with at work, at school, or so forth. I said there's six things. We know that wisdom from heaven comes, first of all, it's pure. And if, if I want to be wise, I won't compromise my integrity. So that's the point. If I want to be wise, I'm not going to compromise. I won't compromise my integrity. I'm not going to violate my conscience. I'm not going to compromise my convictions. I will not live a double life. 
If I want to build strong relationships, I'm not going to live a double life. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell the truth because trust is built on truth. No truth, no trust. No trust, no relationship. Listen to the words of Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 7. It said, he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to, to those who walk with integrity. He's a shield. If you'll walk, uh, if you'll be honest and you'll walk in integrity, it is like God is going to be a shield that will protect you from the crazy makers of life. And we all have them. You'll meet people who are going to try to mess you up. They're going to try to mess your life up. They're going to try to bring you, pull you into their chaos. All the time, they're trying to pull you in. Their, their life is spinning out of control. Their life is chaotic. Their life is um, characterized by all sorts of trouble. And they see you as a, an opportunity to pull you into their mess. You've got to guard yourself. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your mind. You've got to shield you. And if you'll be honest with the Lord and honest with other people, the Bible says God's going to help protect you. God's going to be a shield. God's going to be a, give you discernment as you deal with this relationship. So walk with integrity and God's going to protect you. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, first of all, is pure. Then secondly, it is peace-loving. Peace-loving. Wisdom is peace-loving. If I want to be wise, I won't provoke your anger. I'm not going to provoke your anger. Wise people are peacemakers, not troublemakers. Okay? Wise people are peacemakers. They're not troublemakers. They're not always looking for a fight. The Bible says fools look for a fight. Fools look for a fight. And we can see those fools in action every day when we log on the Internet. You can see they post uh, on Facebook, on Instagram. They post on Reddit. And it's like that they're constantly just uh, pushing buttons. They're constantly looking for a fight. They're constantly trolling people. I'll tell you, foolish people love to fight. They love to argue. They love to mix it up with people. It's just not smart. The Bible says that, Wise people are peace-loving. Wise people don't stir things up. Wise people don't antagonize others. And so I want you to hear that. Wisdom said, I'm not going to push your buttons. I'm not going to antagonize. I'm not going to provoke you. I'm not going to egg you on. But I'm going to speak peace to you. And this is a challenge sometimes because... If you've been around somebody for any length of time, you start to know that person, and you know what irritates that person. And there's a tendency in all of us that when we get in, in an argument with someone, we know their hot buttons, and there's a time that we're tempted just to, just to dive in and push those buttons and provoke that anger. It's not wise to do that. The Bible is very clear that we need to be careful with that. Um, in fact, Proverbs chapter 20 says, avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. If you want to be honorable, try to avoid the fights. Only fools insist on arguing. 
And so we are not going to do that. Here's, here's the deal. This week, you're going to find chaos in your life somewhere. Maybe a challenging situation at home. Maybe a challenging situation at school. Maybe at work. Okay, you can feel the tension in the air. Have you ever been there? And you walk in, whoa, this is, this is crazy. You can feel it. So what's your response to that? As you walk in and you feel the tension, you feel the fires burning, right? I want you to envision yourself walking into that situation and you've got um, two gallons, and uh, a gallon in each hand. You've got a gallon of gasoline uh, in this hand and a gallon of water in this hand. And you're walking into this fire that's burning. What are you going to do? Are you going to pour gasoline on the fire and just blow it up? Are you going to pour water on the fire and put it out? That's your choice. Wise people said, I'm not going to antagonize. I'm not going to provoke your anger. Just not going to do that. And so I would encourage you to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Crazies are going to come to you. Don't dive in and join with them. But just say, no, we're not going there. We're going to speak life. We're going to speak peace. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. Then it's peace-loving. And then it says, considerate. Wisdom is considerate. If I want to be wise, I won't minimize your feelings. If I want to be wise, I'm not going to minimize your feelings. Being considerate simply means that I'm going to be mindful of other people's feelings, the feelings of others. And there's a common mistake that most of us struggle with, and it's this, that if I don't feel what you feel, then your feelings aren't important. But we can't approach it like that. Because I may not have the same experiences as you, and when you feel something, I need to honor your feelings even though I don't feel like that. I don't feel that way. James says that wise people are considerate. They don't minimize other people's feelings. I may not feel like you feel, but I'm not going to put you down just because you feel that way. I'm not going to look down at you just because you feel that way. Because love makes allowances for other people's feelings. Love makes allowances for other people's feelings. You've got to give people room to have a bad day every once in a while. You've got to give them space. Every day is not a good day. There are some days that are filled with stress and anxiety and pressure and it's just not a good day. And if we're not sensitive to people, our friends, our relationships, our family members that are going through it, um, we're going to stir it up instead of calming things down. And so James is saying, wise people, wisdom comes from being considerate of others. I am mindful of the feelings of other people. So you need to allow... Um, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your spouse, your parents, whoever it is, your coworkers. Let them feel what they feel. Let them have a bad day every once in a while, okay? Now, if it's every day, then there's another conversation we've got to go into. But all of us, we have, we have bad days. We have challenging situations that we have to deal with. This world uh, is not heaven, 
This world is a real world, and we deal with real problems and real difficulties and so many things that we cannot handle. It doesn't matter how much influence or power or money that you have. There are certain things you just can't handle. And so you've got to allow that. You've got to give it over to the Lord, and you need to be considerate of other people as you do that. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, peace-loving, considerate, and then submissive. Wisdom is willing to yield to others. I'm going to yield to you. In other words, if I'm going to be wise, I won't criticize your suggestions. I'm not going to criticize. I'm not, I won't criticize your suggestions. James is saying you're, you're willing to surrender. You're willing to submit. It means that you're not going to be stubborn all the time. You're not going to be defensive. That you're willing to pause long enough to listen to what they have to say. And this is important because so many times we get so amped up and so emotional that we just want to roll right through that conversation without ever listening to what really is being said. And we see this a lot in in very familiar relationships where we're finishing somebody else's sentence. If, I, if I'm not careful, I will hear what you're saying, and my mind moves quick. I will go down two or three paragraphs further down in the conversation, even before you get there. I'm already there, and you're still here. And if I'm not careful, I won't hear what you're saying because I'm already there. There comes a point where we have to slow down long enough to listen and that we're not going to criticize their suggestions, your suggestions. And I realize there's some folks that drive you crazy. And maybe they're at school, maybe they're at your workplace, and what you're trying to do is get done with this conversation and move on. Proverbs chapter 18 says this, Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. If you will just pause long enough to listen, you may learn something. You may learn something. You may learn, this is how I need to handle that, or this is how, man, I don't want to do what they've done. Yeah, but you will learn that just pause long enough to listen, and you may learn something. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. So it's full of mercy and good deeds. If I want to be wise, I'm not going to emphasize, I won't emphasize your mistakes. Okay? We all make mistakes and we're going to own that. But I'm not going to highlight, I'm not going to emphasize your mistakes. I am going to have mercy. Mercy is that undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness. When somebody shows you that kind of kindness and that kind of forgiveness, they're they're demonstrating mercy to you. They're giving you something that you don't deserve. You know, God treats you that way. Everything, when you look at your life, everything that you've done, everything that God has done in you and through you and for you, he has done in his mercy and for his mercy. God has extended mercy to every one of us. You would not be here today if it had not been 
the mercy of God. You would not be in our Grovetown campus today if it were not for the mercy of God. You would not be in our South campus today if it were not for the mercy of the Lord. You would not be in our Dream Center experience this afternoon if it's not for the mercy of the Lord. And when you look back over your life, you'll see situations where God just extended his mercy to you. The obstacle was so large, but yet you made it through. The breakup hurt you so badly. The, re- the medical report was so negative that you didn't see a way out of it. But God, in his mercy, made a way where there seems to be no way. And that God turned that negative situation around. God gave you strength when you didn't think that you, that you could make it. God brought the right person into your life, brought the right situation into your life. God made a way. God had mercy on you. So here's the point. If we're going to develop deep relationships, we need to share mercy and have mercy on other people. We've got to give grace to people. Maybe they haven't earned it. Maybe they don't deserve it. But we're going to take the mercy of the Lord. We're going to be full of mercy. And you have not earned it. You you don't deserve it. Yet mercy has been extended to you. And we are going to treat other people like God has treated us. Merciful. God doesn't give you uh, what you deserve. And so how about this? Pause. Extend mercy. And even though that person may deserve something that you're going to pause and you're going to extend mercy. The final, full of mercy and good fruit, finally, and then impartial and sincere. Wisdom is impartial, always sincere. If I want to be wise, I won't disguise my intentions and I won't disguise my weaknesses. I'll be truthful. I'll be honest. I'll be authentic. Now, the Greeks, uh, this... Scripture was originally written in the Greek language. Now, what do we know about the Greeks? The Greeks were the ones that invented theater. They invented comedies, and they invented tragedies and so forth. And they would put on this play. And oftentimes, an actor would play the part of several different people in the play. And there's how it would do. They would put on a mask, and they would go out. And with this mask on, they would be this certain person. Second scene comes, that person's in the back, he puts on a different mask, he comes out. He's a different character in the play. Third time, he may do two or three different characters in that. And all because he hid behind this mask. Now the word for that is hypocristos, which means, it's the very root word where we get the word hypocrite. And so in the original writings, a hypocrite was as a person who would hide behind a mask. They wouldn't have show their authentic self. And what James is saying here, that we need to be sincere, impartial, that we don't need to wear a mask, we don't need to fake it, we don't need to pretend to be somebody that we're not, that we're going to be our genuine, impartial, sincere, authentic self. I believe that if we'll do that, it'll change our relationships. The point is wise people are authentic people. We don't hide behind masks. We're genuine. We're authentic. What you see is what, you're, what you get. It's real. Now, 
we live in a culture of fake, okay? And, it, and this of being your authentic self is the challenge sometimes. And there's no greater temptation to be fake than in two different areas, when you're online and when you're on a date, your first date. Okay, right? Because when you're online, oftentimes you have this tendency to portray yourself as something better than you are. I mean, that's why we all use filters on, and, uh, on uh, camera shots, right? We want to put our best self forward. And so you have to be careful about online. And you know that first date, when you went on that first date, man, you talked like you uh, were the best thing since sliced bread. But then the second and third date, then you realize um, that this is not going anywhere because there's not truth in the relationship. So I want you to consider this, that, that we've got to just long for authenticity. People will appreciate your honesty. They may not like it sometimes, and we're going to talk about this later in this series, that we've got to learn how to speak the truth in love. And so we've got to learn how to communicate in a way that people can receive it. But I want you to be honest, and if you can be honest, I think it will provide a foundation for strong relationships. Now, I started this message with the quote from Mary Welch that says, you know, in the South, we like to hide our crazy. I want to talk to you just a minute about hiding your crazy. All of us do that at times. And today there are people listening to me that you're hiding. You're crazy. You're really hiding. And I just want to challenge you to stop the hiding. You're hiding sin. You're hiding this anger that you have. Maybe you're hiding this weakness that's going on. And you're living behind that mask. And today is the day that we're going to take off the mask. We're going to be truthful and we're going to be honest. You see, we cannot confess to God what we will not acknowledge to ourselves. And the very first step to finding freedom in your life is to acknowledge that you've got a problem. Acknowledge that there's a sin. Acknowledge that there's a weakness. And so today, I just challenge you to stop the hiding and just come clean. Acknowledge the mistake, acknowledge the sin, acknowledge the guilt, the anger, the bitterness. Anger is one of those difficult and challenging emotions because you see, all of us get anger and it is not a sin to be angry. Anger is just an emotion that we have. In fact, Jesus went into the temple one day and saw the money changers, and he got angry over that to the point where he started turning over the tables of the money changers in the temple. He was angry about that. So we see that. But we have to have the proper use of anger. In fact, and we have to deal with our anger. The Bible says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And the reason Paul is writing that is because he knows it's important to deal with things. Is don't stuff it down because here's the problem. When you're angry about something and you don't deal with it, you stuff it down. And you stuff it down. After a while, 
this is what happens. Your problem doesn't only become your problem. That anger turns inward. When anger turns inward, it becomes bitterness. And when you allow a root of bitterness to spring up, this is from Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15, so don't allow a root of bitterness uh, to spring up because it's going to cause trouble, it says, and it's going to defile many people. So if you allow that anger to stay in and turn inward, it creates bitterness, and that bitterness starts to affect the relationships that you're involved in. And it starts to defile the people that are closest to you. It starts to hurt them. And so today, we just want to come clean. We just want to admit it. God, I need help. I need help in my relationships, but God, most of all, I need help in me, in my heart. Today is your day. Some of you are the victims of other people's anger and other people's bitterness. And you feel this deeply and, you, and it, it bothers you. Today, I, I'm going to pray that God brings healing to your life. I'm going to pray that God brings a healing of your, uh, to your memories. That he'll wrap his arms around you and start that healing process. And, and it may be a process. There's another group of people listening to me today that you're the one that's caused the problem. You caused the difficulty. It's your anger, it's your bitterness that you've hurt other people. And today, I want you to come to the place where you admit it. That you admit it, that your life is out of control and, and is unmanageable. That you admit it, that you need a power that is greater than yourself. And in a few minutes, we're gonna pray. And we're gonna believe that God is gonna come uh, into this church and going to do the work, the deep work that he wants to do in your life, in my life, and in all of our lives. Because we're going to confess. We're going to confess. We're going to admit it. And we're going to ask God to help us. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to say, God, I need help today? I want my family to be strong. I want my workplace to be healthy. I want my relationships to be healthy. God, come and move in my life and get the pain and the hurt. Because here's what happens as we close. Hurt people turn around and hurt other people. And if I can get you to a place where you're willing to take that step toward healing... maybe you can stop the hurt from passing down to another generation. We have a, a small group here at the church called a freedom group. And a freedom group has the ability to go deeper than we can go on a typical uh, service time. And I just want to encourage you to consider and see what the Lord would speak to you to find the healing that you need. The first step is that we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God is going to touch you right where you are. So what is it that you need from the Lord today? Do you need for God to touch you 
touch that hurt, that pain? Do you need to be saved? Have you ever trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you need that relationship that you're in? Maybe you're in a dating relationship and you need clarity. Do you continue dating or do you uh, stop? What is that? Maybe you're in a place where your marriage uh, is unraveling. What is it? Where are you now? And what do you need God to do in your life? As we prepare to pray, I want you to think about that. Think about what you need. This is a prayer that I'm going to pray over you. And I just want you to receive what God has for you. Let's stand together. In our Grovetown campus, let's stand. In our South campus, let's stand. Now I'm going to pray over you, and I'm going to believe that God is going to touch you right where you are. And that God is going to bring help, and God is going to bring encouragement, and God is going to speak life to you. That this is going to be that moment that you sense that this is deeper than you first imagined. That this is a moment that you're not going to just rush through, but this is a moment where you're going to be honest, first of all, with God and say, God, I need help today. I can't keep on living like this. But you're going to be honest before God. Then you say, God, my life is crazy and I need your help. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now I pray over those listening to me. I pray over Stevens Creek. I ask God that you would move in this place right here today. God, and those that have never made a decision to follow Jesus, that this would be the day that they would pray that prayer. A prayer like this. That, that's you. Say, Jesus, save me. Just say that. Say, Jesus, save me. Say this. Say, make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me. Say that. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. And Father, as they pray that prayer, I ask that you do the work that only you can do. Lord, in addition to that, I am praying for the people right now who are in pain. Praying for those that are in painful, unhealthy relationships. That this would be a moment, this would be a catalyst that would move in their lives and that peace would come. I pray, Father, for those um, marriages that are on the verge of, of breaking up. That this would be just that moment where people would take a breath and say, we can get through this with the Lord's help. So, Father, right now, start touching relationships. Start touching marriages right now. Father, I pray for those, those uh, couples that have not married yet. That you would help them to take that next step and figure out where they are and where they need to be. Come, Lord, move upon us. I pray right now, Lord, for those that are in workplace turmoil and workplace chaos. I pray, Father, that as, uh, as these folks go to work this week, that you would send your angels of protection as they walk in the office. God, that you would give peace to their office. 
Father, I just pray specifically right now for those that are in conflict at work. It seems like when you walk into the office, it is like a, a, a war going on. I say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let the peace go before you and let God's peace protect you. God, we give our lives to you. And today we receive what you have for us. I want you to pray that. Say, God, I receive. Say that. I receive what you have for me. Say that again. I receive what you have for me in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks so much for coming today. We're going to continue the series over the next uh, five weeks and just go deeper and uh, in this and also strong in our relationships. Hope you have a great day. Uh, don't forget the camp sign-up begins today. Be blessed. See you soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.